The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We're going to get uh, serious right off the top, but it's an important conversation. Last Monday marked a heartbreaking anniversary for our first guest. Uh, it was April 29th, 2009, that Jessica Martel was murdered by her common law husband in front of her three small children. Now, over the past 10 years, Jessica's mom has tried to make sense, come to terms with her daughter's death, and try to make sure that any woman who needs a safe place to go has a safe place to go. And get this, next year, Jessie's house will open in Morinville. It is the new, it's the first new emergency shelter to be built in Alberta in over 30 years and it's all thanks to a grassroots effort the money that has come together for this has been donated no government money whatsoever so far joining me today is jessica's mom lynn rosicek lynn thanks for joining me well thanks for having me now you know what i know recently you you um you wrote a op-ed piece about about your daughter, about uh, what happened to her and the work that has been done since her death. Maybe you can start by telling my listeners a little bit about Jessica. Jessica, she was a very young 26-year-old mom of three. She was an incredible mom. She lived uh, for her kids. Uh, she was a great mom, too. Uh, she spent quite a bit of time with them. We both did. It was... Uh, I actually got to watch all three of them be born. So wow. there was a big, a big bond for yeah. us there as well. And uh, uh, she loved to sing. She loved to write. Uh, she worked in a little diner in Morinville called uh, Friends and Neighbors. Mm-hmm. And everybody there just loved her. It was just... Uh, she wrote songs for some of the customers <laughs> and would sing them in, in the restaurant. And uh, just every, anybody who knew her just knew her of this kind-hearted young woman who would give the shirt off her back to help anybody. In, uh, in this article, and you've been honest about when you first started uh, talking about uh, what had happened, was that she was in a, in a very abusive relationship and was trying to get out. Oh. And <clears throat> as we know and we've heard from, you know, different, uh, you know, stories whenever we talk about this, that can be very, very difficult. Tell me about the, st- the, the struggles. How many times did she try to get out and I know you tried to get her out the last time yeah she had tried uh, three times and uh, was often told that uh, the minimum wait time to get into a shelter was two months or um, that maybe she should just go home and throw him out and demand that he pay child support and stuff like that and you know when she would come home and tell me these things I would just like shake my head and say how could they say that do you know what would happen to her if she actually said that mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Uh, you know it was just hitting one roadblock after another and uh, so at one point her safety became very serious hers and her children and uh, I had studied a lot of stuff online about how to develop a safety mm-hmm. plan and stuff like that and we came up with one and the only two that actually really knew about the safety plan was Jessica and I but somehow he found out he found out he found out and so as as a mom knowing that your your child and uh, your grandchildren are are living in a situation like that um and 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 coming up against barrier after barrier to try and get them to safety 
not only, I, I'm guessing, she felt helpless, but you must have felt helpless as well. Yeah, well, uh, I had shared a little bit about my past and uh, being able to leave an abusive relationship. So a lot of that came back to, you know, how do I get her to be able to leave so that she's safe and be successful in leaving as well. She had three beautiful children and she didn't want her kids to live that life either. Um, and it was just her and I being able to communicate that she knew what had happened in my past. So just being open with each other and I was just praying that we would be able to get her out. But uh, So helplessness and scared and... And having gone through it yourself, like I, I can't imagine what those days were like for you. They must have been very, very dark. They were. And then it got darker. Yeah, I was darker. so scared for her and the kids. And I remember the day, There, there's parts of lots of it that are blurry, but before we, we were to go pick her up. Uh, to implement the safe plan to get her yeah. out. Um, I felt some uneasiness throughout the day because I had tried to call her on a couple occasions, but she wasn't answering. But And everything in me wanted to go to her place, but everything about the safety plan said, don't, don't. stick to the plan. And so I went to work and thought she was going to be going to work. And uh, my uneasiness just kept growing. And then I, at a certain time, I think it was around 5 o'clock, I heard her voice in my head so loud. It just called my name. And I left work. I was working in a show home in Morinville, and I didn't even lock the house up. I just jumped in my car, and I started heading towards her house again. But something made me stop again and say, stick to the plan, stick to the plan, because that's what it says. So I went back, and then I kept trying to call my husband, and I was like, you know, maybe you should go check on her. But I couldn't get a hold of him either, and that really set my panic into overdrive. And uh, I got back in my car, and as I'm heading to her place, my husband phones me and said, you need to get here right away. And uh, at that point, I actually almost knew, but... Well, you didn't want to believe it. You didn't want to believe it. And I, I don't think you can still quite believe it. Sometimes it's, not. It's been 10 years. 10 years. And although I feel like a lot of what we've been doing to help other families has helped me heal. It's still really hard to tell the story over and over again. But you've decided to start telling the story and using your voice. Why is that? Well, because it gives Jessica a voice. Like, she didn't need to die that way. And there's lots of women that are being killed. Lots of kids that are being traumatized by what's going on in our families. And it's just time for it to stop and it's time for us to be able to step up and offer these services in our communities to help victims have a have hope and have a place to heal how are her kids um it's been a battle for them uh they still struggle they have a lot of uh post-traumatic stress of disorder course. and stuff. They, and they witnessed it. Yeah, and the mental health system has not really been an easy uh, system to navigate as well, so uh, we struggle with that a lot. I was going to, I wanted to ask you um, 
about that. And I'm going to be talking about mental health coming up a little bit later on, later on and, um, you know, trying to find the right resources and, and trying to find the right person to talk to. But when it comes to children who have co- gone through what what your grandchildren have gone through, it, is that a whole other area where there needs to be a lot more attention and oh, um, sure. programs put in place as children who have gone through severe trauma um, to, to get the help that they need? Oh, for sure. I think that a lot of people are still uh, very unclear on how to approach these children. So it's been very hard to find the right type of in- individual that would be able to deal with the complex issues that go with the constant trauma of being uh, seeing your mom or your loved ones being abused and beaten and belittled. And uh, uh, so there really needs to be a lot of work done there. And that's part of what I hope that our house will be able to offer some programming for young kids to help them begin that journey of healing. Lynn Rosichuk joining me in studio, the mom of Jessica Martell, who um, who died 10 years ago, who was killed at the hands of her uh, common-law husband uh, in front of her three young children. And that every time I say that in front of you, I, 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 I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it because... Um, that's not what defines Jessica, no. is it? No. I mean, the way she died is not, <clears throat> you know, how you remember her or no. how the children remember her. And certainly, um, you know, with the, with the building of, of the house, I mean... That's what defines Jessica. That's what defines house is her heart. And, you know, it was a dream for her and I to build this place for families to be able to come. Lynn Rosichuk joining me in studio, the mom of Jessica Martell, who um, was who, who was killed 10 years ago uh, by her common-law husband. And, you know, I take a look at the text line, and, and this is where I still think, you know, Lynn, there's a, there's a disconnect. People still have a lot of questions, you know, like, well, why didn't she just leave him? Why didn't she pick a, a better partner? Why didn't you and, and your husband take her in? What do you say to those? Well... <laughs> to the third part of that, why my husband and I didn't take her in. We lived in the same community, yeah. as well as he knew where all our family and friends lived. Uh, he wouldn't have left her alone. He would yeah. have hounded her. We needed to get her out to some place different where he would not know where she was at. I mean, people who want to hurt yeah. someone and, want, and, want, and control them will control them yeah. top to bottom from everything yeah. that they do. For sure. There's no escaping. There is no escaping. And whether it's one of the most dangerous times yeah. for a woman or male to leave is when... They're trying to leave. When they're trying to leave. And, so. and people don't realize that. And, and yeah. it is. All of the, 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 the shelter organizations, everyone who works with domestic violence yeah. will say that. That is exactly it. The most... And he found, and again, obviously, you and, and Jessica, as you said, you and Jessica were the only two that knew of the, the safe plan, yeah. but somehow he found out. Yeah. One of the things I found interesting on uh, the website, which is uh, JessicaMartellMemorialFoundation.com, you had a link on there about uh, browser history. Yeah. 
So that's if anyone that's uh, any victims or families that are looking for information on our website, if someone happens to come around and Quick. you can actually click on there and it takes you to a different site to the weather station or okay. something like that. I can't remember what, but just another yeah. safety. Net. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, at Jesse's house. As we mentioned, this is pretty amazing. It's the first new emergency shelter to be built in Alberta in over 30 years. Yeah. It's going to be in Mournville. Yeah. Um, and it's been put together by donations. Yeah. I mean, there's been no uh, government money in this yet. This was a real grassroots uh, thing. And, and you and you and your daughter had talked about wanting to do this. Yeah. yeah. And after, after I started sharing my story and stuff, there was a group of amazing individuals that approached me one day and said, you know what? We really want to help you fulfill yours and Jesse's dream. So uh, in January of 2012, we started the Jessica Martell Memorial Foundation and it took off so fast. Like it was just, uh, it, it affirmed why we were really doing this. And we started getting phone calls right away uh, for from families needing help. And uh, at that time, we were only going to raise money to build a house, but it became apparent that these women couldn't wait that long so we started an outreach program and we started helping families with whatever needs they had some of it might have been that we helped them relocate or find a safe place wherever that happened to be sometimes we had to move them as far away as Camrose or uh, Westlock or wherever we could find a place Hinton Whitecourt it was just crazy that we but we had to be creative about where we could place these families so then uh, yeah our dream was to build a 2,000, 2,500 square foot home and uh, the amount of support that we've gotten from mo- uh, the biggest part of our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, the town of Morinville actually even donated a piece of land. Which is uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and servicing it too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then even just finding out this weekend that the Morinville Community High School did a bike-a-thon and they rode their bikes for a 24-hour period and raised over $10,000, which they're going to split the proceeds. So this dream of a small house is now turned into, was uh, it 9,000 square 9, feet? 9,000 square foot house, yeah. It's pretty amazing. And how many, and, and, and let's be let's be real, If in, that some numbers came out recently. Uh, women and children are being turned away from shelter shelters um, at, at increasing numbers yes. it is it is happening there's just not enough room there's yeah. just not enough room yeah. um, and sometimes I wonder if there's not the will on behalf of, of governments uh, well I'm gonna say it. it it doesn't appear that there is at all to build new ones <laughs> you know there's yeah. there's some ongoing funding but when you have hundreds if not thousands of women and children being turned around every year in this province yeah um, we realize there's something more that needs to be done so um, how many beds like how many people will well, our house is a bit unique, so uh, we recognize that one of the barriers was uh, families that had a large amount of children mm-hmm. and being able to stay together once yep. they went to a shelter. So we have seven family suites that will accommodate that. We have seven individual bedrooms, and we have potential for more. Nice. Uh, we also have, which I'm really excited about too, is a private suite which will address uh, male victims that are trying to leave abusive be- relationships. So M- male victims uh, in you know in abusive re- relationships, there's not. A- there's very, very little support out there, there for really them. There really isn't any at all. Yeah. I knew that there was a place in Calgary. There was that, one in Calgary a long time ago. closed down, yeah. So, so this is it. Well, you know, yeah. that, and that's another important thing. Yeah. I know it's not going to address a huge amount, but it's a start. And our hope is that 
other communities see what we're doing and uh, so, be able to follow suit. Right? So, Lynn, what what's next? I mean, do is there an opening date? Do you, you know, is it? Well, it's, it's predicted for early January 2020, but uh, hopefully mm-hmm. we keep on track with that. So far, everything's going pretty good. So, and so for staffing and things like that, that's got to be an exciting part of this yeah. as well to be able to help maybe um, you know shape some of the programs. You yeah. know, as you look at your grandchildren and knowing you know some of the programs or what they need you'll be able to maybe put that uh in place for for other children um you know hiring what did yeah yeah well, so we've we do already have three paid employees uh, one's our outreach uh coordinator uh the other one is a community engagement coordinator she's been out and about all over sturgeon county uh, <laughs> raising awareness about us uh, and then we've also just recently hired an executive director which uh, has been a huge help to us too because before all of our all the people that help uh-huh. us out, we're all just volunteers. So, so right now, as we mentioned, all of the all the money that uh, everything to build this place has been has been donated, and I I know that uh, there's there's going to need more. I'm guessing for moving yeah. forward in operations and and that sort of thing. Maybe the government will be able to yeah. help in at at, at that point. Um, you mentioned uh, the fundraiser that the high school just did. You also have a gala as well. I think that's yeah. coming in uh, next year. Yeah. So looking at that, is there any way that other, that, that people can help? Um, well, we also have our uh, annual run that's coming up on June 23rd. So we're looking for sponsors still for that. And they can contact Tina at our offices for that or... Um, the Mournville Home Hardware Bumper to Bumper. They always host a car show and shine for us mm-hmm. on that same weekend. So on the June 20th, uh, they the money they raise gets donated to our foundation too. Um, we are also looking for more volunteers for some of these functions. Uh, we are still looking for some board members. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can visit our website uh, to find out more information. And the best one, jessicamartelmemorialfoundation.com. Um, before I, I thank you again for coming in and sharing your story, because I know it's it's not an easy one to, to share. Yeah. For those listening, and, you know, for, for you having, you know, been out of an abusive relationship and, you know, now you have moved on as, you know... And watching your daughter and what what she had gone through, the biggest myth that you believe that is out there, and how you'd like to bust that. You know, what is what is the thing that you think that a lot of people believe about domestic violence, and maybe trying to get out of domestic violence that people just don't understand. Uh, that it's not that simple to talk about, and uh, it's not that simple to leave either. But we can't be afraid to open up or try to reach out to these people. They're, they have to know that they have some support systems. It's important for our communities to step up and uh, make sure that these services are provided for everybody and uh, just not to judge people that are living in these relationships because uh, it's not that simple. Well said. Thank you for sharing sharing today. I appreciate and uh, I appreciate your time and I'm really, really excited. Um, I, I wish we didn't need these homes. I wish that that money could go somewhere else, and I wish that we maybe could put uh, Jessica's name on on something different. Yeah. But right now we do, and I think it's amazing that um, 
that she knows and that you know that you're going to make a difference in the lives of of women, men and children fleeing domestic violence and that's incredible. Thank you. I appreciate that.